Hello and welcome to The Personal Investor. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, do you know where your money would go if you were to pass away? And does your family know as well? Inheritance planning is never simple, but it's getting more complicated as traditional family structures evolve. That makes it more important than ever to have your plans laid out well in advance. And that's our focus today. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Rules on inheritance were one of the few areas that Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng left untouched last week. Inheritance remains one of the most controversial and misunderstood areas of our financial lives. And it is an increasing problem because longer living and the evolution of traditional family structures mean that our plans for who gets our money when we're no longer around is getting more complicated. To talk about it, I'm pleased to say that I'm joined today by my Fidelity colleague, Bex Nunn, Hello, Bex. We're going to talk about some of the practical things that people can do to help their legacy planning. And we're going to be talking about some personal experience that you have in this area as well. But Bex, why don't you start by explaining why inheritance planning is getting more complicated? Sure. Hi, Ed, and thanks for having me. Um, I suppose it was the point that you made um, in your opening, which is really about the decline of the nuclear family. Um, and you know, basically, 42% of marriages in England that uh, in England and Wales end in divorce. Um, and this seems to be sort of it's slightly in decline, um, but there are more in terms of um, divorce inquiries. And the pandemic was a big sort of factor in that because it actually caused a 95% increase in divorce inquiries. Um, and up to 9% of the British public is considering divorce, um, divorcing their partner at any time. But it's not all bad news. On the plus side, <laughs> we do have one of the, the lowest rates in Europe. But of course, the one thing that divorce does tend to lead to is this whole phenomenon of blended families. Yeah. Um, so not only have you got offspring of um, a former marriage to consider, you've then got sort of uh, a whole new family to think about when you're thinking about your inheritance planning. And it just becomes a, a minefield of trying to look after everybody, I suppose, and consider everybody's um, sort of emotions. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and we're going to come on to discuss why some of those things throw up issues around inheritance and around legacy planning. But as you say there, it's basically the point that you've got wider, slightly more complex complicated families, you've got competing interests. You quoted some stats there about divorce, that's obviously relevant to this. One of the interesting ones around divorce that I read was that uh, um, rates of marriage are lower amongst younger generations. Exactly. Um, or rates of divorce are lower amongst younger generations, probably because they're not getting married in the first place. Yeah. But that too has an implication for legacy planning, because if you're not married, that has all sorts of effects in how inheritance works uh, as we're going to as we're going to find out we've got these different generations potentially because people are living longer you've got grandparents who might be passing money to to their children but their children might have children of their own or even grandchildren of their own it's it's a sort of factor of 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 sort of life these days all are potentially points of conflict and there and there are things that um can complicate all these discussions around 
legacy and inheritance, right? For sure, for sure. Um, and, you know, there's been a, quite a bit in the press recently um, over sort of rather famous, um, high-profile celebrity divorces um, just around exactly that, you know. Um, and it's not being about clear about sort of their wishes are, but also there are complications not only in terms of sort of listing out your wishes, but also in terms of where you live and where you're domiciled. So, for example, um, you know, in England and Wales, it's relatively straightforward. And actually, many might say that it's, um, pretty flexible in terms of the divorce stakes um, but this rule doesn't apply globally um, you know in England and Wales you can leave your assets to pretty much anyone that you like but um, many countries such as Scotland Europe France Spain and Germany um, as well as like Saudi Arabia Brazil and Argentina they don't allow complete freedom um, to choose your beneficiaries and instead they operate a principle that they call forced airship which means a certain portion of the state must be left to the next of kin such as your spouse your children's parents and so on so this gives a, a level of guaranteed um, sort of protection from their inheritance um, but yeah it's got quite a lot of press um, of recent yeah cases yeah I mean we've uh, we've read these cases in the press high profile um, estate, highly valued estates and obviously those are the ones that get all the attention because they're the ones that often lead to lead to big legal battles, um, but even at sort of you know the more kind of everyday sort of level, there can be big problems here. You've got competing interests. People might assume that um, you know their children might inherit, but what if they've remarried? What if they've remarried and then had other children? You know that's where things can get more complicated, and you might have. Uh, sort of the, the the law might run counter to people's sort of assumptions, shall we say. And I did say at the start, Bex, that this is some an area that you've got some personal experience of. Why don't you explain your experience of these issues? Yeah, uh, I think the important thing about sort of inheritance and families is that it's always very personal. You know, mm. we we are wired to feel things and feel emotions. Um, and my parents divorced when I was very young and I always actually put it down because I don't think there are as many divorces as there were back in the 70s and I always put it down to the fact I call it the try before you buy factor <laughs> you know they could not just um, you know try it out and try co different partners cohabit exactly yeah. that um, and so you know the only way forward for them was marriage so I was part of a generation where actually quite a lot of us were, came from sort of broken families if you will yeah. so my parents divorced when I was perhaps two maybe completed by the time I was three so I didn't really know them as being my mother, yeah. mother and father in a traditional sense and both of them remarried at about the same age I was about 11 um, and so my step parents have been very much involved in my family and my upbringing but very sadly um, both of my parents are now um, they've passed away mm. um, and um, understandably you know their um, estates have passed on to their spouses but I'm left in a situation where I haven't, you know, my, my natural mother and father, who I was close to both of them, I haven't inherited anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I suppose it's not a problem in terms of my own personal financial security, but it does make me feel a little lacking. Not only do I feel like a sort of the oldest orphan in town, yeah. but, but I also feel a little bit just forgotten about. And there's no rhyme nor reason. It's not a rational thought, is it? I mean, that's the whole point about emotions. And I suppose what I wanted to ensure 
when it came to my children. In fact, we've just um, redone our wills because we've just bought a new property. Um, and my husband and I were having conversations around this. We, fa- we, we figured that actually we don't want this. We don't want our children to feel mm-hmm. this way. Um, and, you know, I'd like to, you know, give them something so that should both of us pass away, um, they would at least have, you know, uh, mementos, a financial sort of nest egg yeah. that, you know, they could draw on and re- remember me by. And I feel as though I was part of their futures um, as well as just sort of part of their past. Yeah. And and I, I suppose, you know, the question there would be... Uh, that's a difficult conversation to have within a family, isn't it? You know, because it means perhaps talking to partners you're no longer with or, or you know, to explain to, to children that they're going to get sort of different amounts or unequal amounts. Do you put it down to any one particular factor, the difficulty of that conversation in your experience there? Um, oh, goodness. Um, I just suppose it's just awkward. We're terribly British when it comes yeah. to money, right? And it's just, you know, we don't want to talk about these things because to put somebody's life in terms of numbers and facts and figures just feels very cold. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is in complete conflict to how we feel about somebody because our memories are how we feel about somebody. It's not. Mm. It's not the financial legacy that really... Is, is is our lasting um, memory. So I think that's probably where the awkwardness comes from because it's it's very cold and that's not how we feel about people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can relate to some of that. I mean, I have some uh, experience to bring to bear here. You know, in, in my case, it was to do with, or is to do with uh, the sort of legacy of uh, my, my grandmother's estate and really a reluctance in our family to just talk about what was what's going to happen when she passes on and really I mean it's broadly speaking sorted out but definitely after lots and lots and lots of sort of fretting about tax bills about needless sort of wasting of of money and actually had had conversations been had earlier things would have been actually much more simple to sort out yeah probably would have been cheaper there probably would have been some savings in tax in terms of inheritance tax um and you know the the interests of of different generations that was really our issue sort of grandparents parents and and children everyone's interest would have been best served to have that conversation that difficult conversation a bit earlier on Mm. but no one knew quite how to bring it up and people would talk and sort of um amongst themselves but no one got together and said you know this is this is how we can all just you know proceed in a sensible way and I I think that's can often be the way it is in families right it's just you know money is a funny it's got a sort of taboo nature to it right you know and and then when you combine it with people dying I mean it's (laughs) these are the hardest things to talk about right yeah 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 absolutely yeah I I just it's it's one of life's awkward moments but you're right it's so important to talk about it if you can in advance because I do think you know that that gives everybody clarity yeah um, and clarity can bring peace of mind and one of the easiest ways I would say of 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 having that conversation is for the person themselves you know the person who's who's, whose legacy this is the money and the estate uh, the owner of the money and the estate to be proactive and to um 
sort out their own affairs as best they can. So let's move on to some of those practical ways that people can avoid these big sort of disasters, these big fights within families around inheritance. What should people be thinking about? Yeah, so I mean, the first thing um, that we've talked about already quite a, a bit is um, is is your will. Mm-hmm. You know, it might seem obvious, but um, creating a will is of paramount importance. Um, but equally as important is making sure that it's kept up to date, um, because circumstances change. It's like you know, we have set up. Um, the will for my children on the basis that Ben and I, my husband, um, stay together. Now, you know, that's how we'd like to envisage our future, but things might change and we just need to be grown up and honest about it if, if anything should change and make sure that we change our will so that the sentiment of making sure that our children do inherit something and it's not just sort of diluted along the path um, is still um, kept um, so you know keep it write your will keep it up to date um, and you know these putting that in place means that it can sort of you know really help with disruption and confusion at an already kind of like highly emotive yeah. time and as I say in the meantime you've got that peace of mind that you've kind of got all your financial ducks in the row as mm-hmm. well so that's the first thing um, the second thing is sorting out your expression of wish form. Um, I mean, other than any property that you might own, your pension is likely to be the second largest asset that yes. you have. Um, and you really need to make sure that your provider knows how you want your pension to be shared when you die. Um, and again, <laughs> it's that updating piece that needs to be remembered. Um, you must remember to update it. I mean, one of the things that I did um, a while back, actually, was um, I I had you know, I've, I've worked in a number of different companies over a number of different years and I freelanced. And actually, about sort of five years ago, I had various pensions dotted all over the place so I decided that it was going to be much easier for me if I brought everything into one place Um, so you know transferring your pensions can really take can really save a lot of sort of time and hassle in terms of managing that and certainly when it comes to your expression of wish um, you don't have like 25 of these dotted around as well so I think that's probably my number two piece of practical advice and the second is to actually understand the inheritance thresholds tax thresholds Um, and you know this comes back to the fact that you know I'm not an expert and I would always recommend that you talk to an expert in this matter but certainly for the 2022-2023 guidelines um, the nil rate band is 325,000 per person now that automatically gets passed on to your spouse if you pass away. And then if you add to that the fact that you have a main resident nil rate band, which is at 175,000, pull all of that together and you come up with a total of 825,000. And this sum was designed to protect, I suppose, people having to sell off that family home um, if you wanted to keep it in the family. But, you know, actually a lot of estates 
won't reach that threshold. So, you know, it's worth knowing what they are. Um, and as I say, I'm not an expert, but you know, you can you can look at our website, and we certainly have more information on that. Um, but you know, I suppose don't panic when it comes to inheritance, because actually there are probably there are probably things um, and and thresholds that mean that maybe not all is lost. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, the the the, the rules, as you, as you say, there. Yeah, people te- might. They've got a much more wriggle room than they think very often. Inheritance tax is weird. I've written about it for years and it's many, many, many people worry about it. Hardly any people, I think it's between, I don't know, four and six percent currently, actually end up paying it or or four and six percent of estates have IHT applied to them. So it's not something that many people really end up having to pay, but people do worry about it a lot. And obviously the wealthier you are, if you have lots of property wealth, as people do these days because... Um, properties have grown so much in value it can be a factor but as you say there Bex you know there's all sorts of things you can do to finesse out your potential liability Um, you can you can gift away a lot of money people assume you can't but you can subject to lots of rules but you can um, small amounts and quite large amounts as well Um, and obviously things like the pension come into this as well because you can make contributions to your pension that might be taxed in some ways in terms of income tax but would avoid inheritance tax. That can be a useful tool as well. But the key to all of that is planning it in time, in good time. Often these rules will have time clauses in them. There's People might be familiar with the seven-year rule, which means you can gift some money and as long as seven years have passed before you die, IHT is no longer an issue. So getting getting your planning done and your thinking done in good time is uh, a really, really good idea. And, and one final thing that I, I, I was going to say as part of this conversation was that when you make changes, when you make a will or an expression of wish or you take out life cover or whatever it is, what, something that's, that potentially is going to um, impact the people left behind once you're gone speak to them as well you know speak to them and explain it the same goes with conversations around care as well i think actually mm. within families it lets everyone know where they are and there'll be fewer nasty surprises and that doesn't mean you completely negate the chance that there's going to be a fight at the end of it once it's all <laughs> gone families are still families after all yeah but um, I think you can greatly reduce the, the potential for that. You know, I mean, I, I've come across stories of people, really nasty situations that people have fighting over wills. Mm. Um, often p- people almost weaponizing their legacy to favor one person or another. All you, you, you know, you've got to be wary that you end up hurting people that you really do care about and that have a lot of hassle as you say, Bex, you know, at a very emotional, difficult time, mm. no one wants that, do they? So, um, yeah, talk as early as you possibly can so that, so that you know, these nasty situations can be avoided, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And in fact, you're talking about the sort of the gifts and inheritance tax. That's my sort of number four top tip. And as you mentioned, you know, you've got the seven, gift, uh, the seven year um, rule for gifts. Um, you've got an annual exemption that you can give away, such as £3,000 per year. You've got small gifts that you can make to multiple people, as many as you like, for yes. up to £250 a year. Um, but I think, you know, with any of these things, if you're going to gift things, just make 
make sure that you keep a small ledger because you just may be, it may be called upon at some time in the future, um, you know, and you wouldn't want um, your relatives to kind of have to go back through that and unpick all of that and justify it. If you keep a little um, note of them, um, then I think that probably will save a lot of heartache at some point in the future. Well, that seems like a good point to end on, Bex. That is uh, all the time we have for now. Thanks an awful lot for coming in to talk to us about it. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more volatile volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.